Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. I want to talk about something that I, I, I started sharing a couple weeks ago, and that was on the exchanged life. And I talked a couple weeks ago about the exchange of that Jesus became our sin and then he gave us his righteousness. That's an incredible exchange, guys. It doesn't get any better than that. He takes your bad stuff and he becomes bad on your behalf and he gives you all his good stuff. That's a great exchange. He's taken the bad, given you the good. So in that, and this all is happening because of the glorious cross of Jesus. Paul had one message. He says, I only preach Christ crucified. I only preach in glory in the cross of Jesus. I mean, yeah, he might have been a one-trick pony, had one message. But that one message of the cross releases all of the blessings that you and I receive in this Bible. Through the cross of Jesus, every promise that is in this Bible is ours because of the cross. So Paul is saying, yeah, I might have one message, but in that one message of the cross of Jesus, the blessings are many that will flood your lives. See, because when we look at the cross, uh, we tend to just venture and just look at it that I'm forgiven of my sin, which is wonderful in itself. He became our sin. He became and took upon his life sin and died that why? We might have life. That's an incredible exchange in and of itself. But there's so much more that emanates and is released from the victory of the cross. And it's all of these blessings that we receive by faith. Your faith activates all these glorious promises that he won for you on the cross. So I want to look at a couple of, of these uh, exchanges like I did a couple weeks ago, which I said, Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. Do you hear that? The exchange? Jesus was punished bruised, beaten, scourged, that we might be forgiven. That's a wonderful exchange, isn't it? He took our punishment and we receive his glorious forgiveness. Jesus was wounded and by the stripes on his back were healed. What an incredible exchange. He took 
all of the sickness, all the disease, all of the pain, all the suffering that is in humanity, and he became it. And he says, by the way, I'm going to give you who I am, and it's perfect, and you're healed. It's simply an exchange. And you receive that exchange by faith. You just simply believe it, and you receive it. So I want to look at this next exchange today. Actually, I'm going to look at a couple. And, um, and the next exchange is that Jesus died our death that we might share his life. Okay, I want you to, I want to repeat that. He died our death that we might share his life. So Hebrews 2.9, if we could pull that up. Hebrews 2.9, we'll start here. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. I want you to notice, I want you to notice the word grace. And because I want to emphasize this word, which I, ex I express grace to you guys, the grace of God's upon you. Everything that, that I'm, I'm getting ready to talk about comes forth from the element of the grace of God. So anything that comes by grace cannot be earned. You cannot do anything of works to try to get it. You can't earn it because if you earn it, it isn't grace. Okay? So it... it It's in this realm of, of just having to receive it by faith to get what God is asking or wanting to bless you with. So grace can be described as this, if you want to write this down. That which is freely given by God, received by faith, without being earned or deserved. Let me repeat that. That which is freely given by God, received by faith without being earned or deserved. So the, is, the essential feature of grace is that you cannot earn it or you don't deserve it. But we receive it freely by faith or you don't receive it at all. It's by faith. It's the conduit. Paul says in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So where it's by grace, so where it's by grace, it's not of works. It can't be earned. So grace is received through faith. Let's look at John 1, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. So I want you to understand this. Jesus is the channel for grace to reach you. He's the channel. He's the conduit. In essence, and this is all on the basis of the cross, that God is able to offer to you his grace. It's all on the basis of what his son 
has done for you. So by faith, you receive this grace. And just remember that Jesus is the channel for all grace. It's all coming through his son. So only through Jesus is God's grace available. Does that make sense what I just said? Pretty simple, I know. ABC. But only through the cross is this offer made available to us. So it's, you have to receive it by faith and not by works. So I think the problem with a number of people, and I don't think we say this publicly, but I think we, we do it internally. And that is that we try to earn grace in some way or some fashion. And you can't earn it. And as long as you're trying to earn it by works or trying to be good, you know, I, 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 I went out and got takeout the other night. We like going and getting Thai food. And I was sitting there and I was waiting and there was this person and I started talking with them. And, and you know, I, I don't know what it was, but this person just starts unfolding their whole life before me as I'm waiting for my food and, and telling me everything. And, and then how they've been broken, they've been hurt, they've been, you know, uh, you know, just going through the pain in humanity today is sometimes unreal what people are going through. And, and, you know, it was just a glorious opportunity to talk about the one I love, Jesus, to somebody that's hurting and to let her, let this person know that Jesus was the answer. And that he can heal the pain and make you perfect before him. And then she goes into this talking of, well, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do things right. I'm trying to get my life right. I'm trying to, to get my kids back. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to be good. And I think in a lot of ways, that can be a lot of people where they, they you know, you're feeling like, ah, oh, I messed up again. I got to do better. I stumbled again. I fell. I got to get better. And in that, grace does not embrace you trying to be better. Grace is simply a gift that God's saying, I'll give you, but you've got to receive it by faith. You can't do anything of yourself to make yourself look good or be right with me. So at some point, we got to stop trying to earn it and just receive it. It's a gift. It's a marvelous gift. I can't even fully understand this gift. But grace is that quality in God that produces something in you. It's, grace is, is, is an attribute of who God is that enables you to accomplish something or do something. Grace is amazing. It is a, it, for them to uplift and uproot and take their whole family to Africa is a huge accomplishment. But the grace of God is enabling them to pull up roots and go to Africa. It's God's grace. There's no, there's no other way to explain it. 
I mean, yeah, you're, you're a superwoman, but you've been supercharged by grace. <laughs> Ephesians 3, this grace was given. Paul says, let me just say this, because when I say that grace is an enabler, Paul says in Ephesians 3, this grace was given to me. This aspect of God was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. Paul's saying, I can't preach the gospel without the grace of God. I need God's grace. And some of you need God's grace just to get up out of bed. I mean, some of you needed God's grace just to get here to get to church. Some of you needed God's grace last week just to get up and go to work. Some of you needed God's grace to stand in faith to believe for your healing. Some of you are standing, you're a picture of grace because in and of grace, you would crumble. And so in that, also it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul was struggling about the thorn in his flesh. Y'all know about the thorn. And Jesus says to him, what? My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in your weakness. Now that seems to give us a picture that grace as a power or an influence to help us in our weaknesses. Do you see that? So has anybody felt weak? I mean, really, just felt weak. Or you're not able to do this thing. Life. <laughs> oh, give me a V8, whatever. You know, take me away. Cow gone. All right. So we need to be asking for God to simply give us grace, which can empower us to stand under the weight of everything that we're going through. Because if we're all really honest, we all have a lot of weaknesses. And we need God's grace to permeate and flow into our lives that will help us in our weaknesses. And so Paul said in Romans 4, 5, but to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So if you want to receive this glorious grace that is being offered to you today, what's the first thing you have to do? Stop working. Now, I'm not talking about go quit your job. I'm not talking about going to quit your job. I'm talking about stop working, stop trying to earn it, stop trying to be good. He's saying receive it by faith, the marvelous grace that I have for you. So you have to stop performing. Some of you need to get off this performance track. You know, it's like, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't run in a straight line. It's a hamster wheel. You keep getting on it, you keep running, 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 and you all get worn out. Stop performing. Stop trying to look good, be good, smell good. I don't care what the good is. Stop it. Get off 
this performance track and stand and receive the grace of Almighty God into your life. So the Hebrew writer says that by, by the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Everyone. And he died in the place of everybody who was due to die. Do you know that all of you were due to die at one time in your life before you met Jesus? Y'all were due to die. And dying is not a pretty thing. Dying is being separated completely from God. Dying is being where there's no life anymore. There's no happiness anymore. You are totally separated from the living one. So when Jesus was made sin, it was inevitable that he had to die. Because that is the inevitable consequence of sin. You die. So... When it says that he tasted death, he tasted of sin, and he died for everyone. Everyone. So the alternative is so obvious that y'all could just say it. What is the opposite of death? Life. Life. So let's just say it this way. Say it with me. Jesus tasted death. For me to share his life. So then let's, let's turn, and um, I want to turn to Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Because this is another exchange that uh, I think is largely ignored in the body of Christ. I, I, and I think that this scripture... The, the revelation from this scripture has probably brought more personal transformation in my own life than any other in the scriptures. So I personally embrace the truth of this and that it, this is one of those exchanges that takes place at the cross for us that is so beyond what I can even comprehend. God did such a marvelous work through his son that there's an exchange that takes place here that what is in God's heart, he's able to do, and that is that he truly, as a father, wants to bless his children with good gifts. And the way that he went about it is almost unthinkable. So Galatians 3, 13 and 14. 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So when it says tree, I want you to understand that they're talking about the cross. So, in other words, when Jesus hung on the cross, every Jew in all of Israel who knew the Old Testament recognized that Jesus was made a curse. That was Jewish 
history that was understood in the Torah, anybody that hung on a cross was cursed. And then we read the other side of this exchange in verse 14. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Wow. This is an incredible exchange that's just taken place. Well, it took place 2,000 years ago, but it's available today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want us to look at two aspects of this exchange in that verse. So what's the evil part of this scripture? The curse. And what's the good part? The blessing. So Jesus was made a curse that we might receive the blessing. Let me say that again. Jesus was made a curse that we might receive a blessing. If there's ever any good news, this is good news. I'm telling you what, this is incredible. On the cross, what we got to understand is this. He was made a curse that we might be redeemed from the curse. Okay? He was made a curse that we might be redeemed from all elements of the curse in all of humanity. Now, to understand the curse, Deuteronomy 28, you can study it. There's multiple. There's, there's like 50 blessings. There's like 50 curses. And the reality is, there's more than that. I was being a little, there's just a lot. You can read it. But there are many, many curses that come upon those that did not believe and, and, and obey the law. But there were many blessings that came to God's people that obeyed the law. So in that, there are multiple curses. We're not talking about just one curse. We're talking about, you know, evil takes all shapes and all sizes. Evil is evil. And it can manifest in so many different ways. And I want us just to look at this. I want us to kind of rest here for a moment. But another way to describe a curse is that there's somehow a dark shadow or an influence over your life. And it proceeds from somewhere in the past that you may not know where it came from. Okay? Just track with me. Or there might be a pattern of, of a sin or a sickness that seems to be prevalent in your generational line. You know, there could be a pattern of sickness and disease that can come down through your generational line. It's like you keep seeing it time and time again happening. Or you might see a pattern of, of a generational uh, sin that's a curse of addiction. 
Have you ever known some families, it seems like everybody's getting addicted on either drugs or alcohol? Why? It's a generational curse that's coming down through the generational line. Have you ever noticed families, it seems like, why everybody's just shacking up with other people? There's adultery, there's perversion, everything's going on in this family. It's just kind of like sick. That's a generational curse of unfaithfulness, breaking covenants, um, mental illness. Have you noticed sometimes where mental illness seems to run rampant in families, in families' generational line? How about poverty? Are there those that is like in the family line that can't seem to keep in? I've heard a testimony the other day of somebody that annually makes almost a million dollars a year, and he still can't pay all his bills. Do you think maybe poverty is at work in a way? Keeps robbing him? Poverty is that you never have enough. You can't, you can't even meet your needs. There's like, you, you got holes in your pockets. The money just keeps going through. There's a generational curse of poverty, of lawlessness. Have you ever seen families like, why is everybody in prison? And, and, and see, an iniquity, I want you to understand, when it talks about generational iniquity, which is a curse being passed down through the generation, iniquity is not sin. You know what iniquity is? Iniquity is that you have the bent or the propensity to step in the footsteps of your descendants, to walk out in those patterns of, of sickness the patterns of addictions. And so some of you could be struggling with some of those things that you notice in your family line. And you're like, I really want to get free from that. I don't want that to dog me all the days of my life and drag me down. And I go down like all the rest. So you got to understand a curse can be passed down through a generational line like adultery, addictions, poverty, perversion, sickness, lawlessness, and the list goes on. I'm sure you guys can add a few. Because in Exodus 34, the scripture says, God will visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. So this is something that is passed down through generational lines and someone has to stand up and say, stop the craziness. Let it stop with me. I don't want this to be passed down through my children and into my grandchildren and my grandchildren's grandchildren. Someone's got to say, time out. This is craziness. I need relief. And I got good news for you. The relief that you need is Jesus. Because he became the curse for that adultery. He became the curse for that perversion. He became the, you got to think about it. 
Jesus was willing to become the curse of all humanity and take it upon himself and become the curse for all of the disease that's being passed down through your family. I become that. He became it. And he died on the cross for you. Why? That you might receive the blessings of Abraham. What are the blessings of Abraham? Oh my goodness. Read Deuteronomy 28. Look at the blessings. You'll be amazed. You're going to be blessed and you're going out and you're coming in. I mean, you're not going to be, you, you can't help but be blessed. The blessings of God will overtake you. They will bless you with health. They will bless you with wealth. They will bless you with a long life. They will bless you with fruitful children. They will bless you with, with peace. They will bless you with joy. There, there are so many blessings in Abraham's blessing that are for us because the curse can't land on you now because it landed on Jesus. And so in that, it, it can stop. You can actually, this propensity, or you have a bent towards going that way, you could say, no. It could stop. Because it's been paid, he, he became that. That's just, you know, think about it. The things that you can look in your family line or that you struggle with, he became that. Cursed is he who hangs on a tree. So you can find freedom and blessings. So I want you to understand how you can kind of, uh, I'm going to land this ship here real soon or plane. To appropriate this incredible exchange that he became the curse that we might receive the blessings of Abraham. You first must confess the sins committed by you and by your ancestors. So you're first appropriating the blood of the lamb and you're confessing the sin of adultery, the sin of drug addiction the sin of alcoholism, the sin of whatever it is. And if you've stepped into it, you're asking for forgiveness yourself. And then you're going to forgive all those that have harmed you or wronged you associated with this whole thing. You're going to forgive them because you have been forgiven. And you're also going to forgive yourself for walking in it, if you have. You know, some of us, we really can beat ourselves up. Stop beating yourself up. There's now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, no condemnation. So just receive it. Remember, this is all about receiving. You guys, are, we're all receiving the incredible gift offered to us, and that's freedom. And that's life, and that's healing, and that's deliverance. But we're receiving all this by faith. You forgive yourself. And now, having received by faith your forgiveness and the forgiveness for your ancestors, 
What you're doing by appropriating and asking the Lord to forgive you if you've stepped into it and to forgive your descendants is that, is that what you're doing, you got to remember the devil's a legalist. See, because he knows if there's been sin, he's got a right to torment you and your family. So you've got to get rid of the legalist, the one that accuses you day and night before the father. You're no better than your descendants. You want to walk in it. You know, he's accusing us all the time. You even like it, don't you? No, we don't. So get rid the blood disarms the enemy. And then with the authority that you have, because what? All authority has been given unto us by Jesus, right? It says, by authority given to us as a child of God, you then release yourself and those from under your authority. So I release my family, my children, my grandchildren. I release this church from any curse over your life. You're released by the blood. You release yourself from the torment of any curse over your lives right now in the name of Jesus. It's because of his glorious name because he became the curse. It's because of him. And you declare it over, what you declare over yourself is release. I release myself from this because of the blood. You declare, I'm released. You release yourself from this, from this curse. And you claim it. You claim it. It's yours. And you receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. And then just give the Lord a big thank offering. Just thank Jesus for setting. So, so you don't have to be a victim anymore to the curses that are in your generational line. You're not a victim. You're not a puppet. You know, let's just say that there's adultery in your generational line, broken covenants. Jesus became the curse for broken covenants. He became that. And he embodied that for the very purpose of him giving you the blessing of Abraham that might be available to you. So the, you got to understand, I want to just declare over all of you right now, the, clear, the, the, the curse that might be that you're aware of that goes on in your family line, that thing, that dark thing, that heavy thing, that thing that you can't figure out, that thing that drives you, makes you do things that you don't want to do, can end today. It can end today. It can stop today. The craziness can stop today because of Jesus. I don't know about you, but when Paul says, I glory in the cross of Jesus Christ, I can see why he glories in the cross of Jesus. Because it is the most sacrificial, selfless 
act that any human being has ever done for humanity. The glorious cross is available for us. And so the curse can stop with you today, and it doesn't have to be passed down to your children, to your grandchildren, to your family. It can stop. So I want to say out loud, are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus was made. Repeat this with me. Jesus was made a curse that I might receive the blessing. Amen. I like that. Do you know how liberating that is? Because I, I had a sense that there were some here that have been struggling with some generational iniquity and curses in your life. And I got good news. It doesn't have to be there anymore. Jesus has won the victory over that and became that, which is mind-boggling. He became it, the curse, so that you might be free and to receive the blessing. And that can happen today. But it all comes down, are you willing to receive it by faith? Are you willing to receive it by faith as if it's so? You know, blessed are you. I mean, Jesus was talking to Thomas. He says, you know, Thomas, I'm glad I'm here for you. And I'm glad you can see the holes in my hands and see the holes in my feet and and see, you know, the, the piercing on my side. But blessed are those that don't see but still believe. We're going to believe. Even though we weren't there to see Jesus with his hands and his feet and his side. But we're going to believe. As Matthew said, what happened on the cross is a historical fact. It happened. And there were many eyewitnesses. And there were many that, that testified, you know, of the resurrection of Jesus so that all of this can be made possible. So I want us all to stand, if we could. And uh, Melody, if you wouldn't mind. That you've accomplished for us on the cross. And Lord, we can never get away from the wonder and the beauty of the cross and what you have done for us and how you have won the victory for us. So Lord, today we just say thank you and praise you for all that you have done. We thank you for becoming the curse that we might receive the blessings of Abraham. Thank you that you tasted of death that we might have life thank you for all that you've done for us on the cross we never want to look away from the glorious cross of our savior so lord i pray today that your grace would abound upon this church and that you would enable some and strengthen some and empower some to be free this day 
from any generational curse in the family line. God, I'm asking that you would pour out your grace today, which helps those that are weak to stand in you and receive this marvelous exchange. If, if you are aware of anything that you're struggling with, that your family has struggled with, and today you just kind of like to bring an end to it, you want to see it stopped, and you just want to get some prayer, I'd love for you just to come forward. Because you, you know what? Sometimes desperate measures calls for desperate means. And, and sometimes that means you just got to, I don't care what I look like, what, what anybody thinks, I got to get free. You're going to do whatever you can to get free. So if some of you are like, you know what? I, I'm ready to get I'm ready to see this thing come to an end in my life and in my family's life. I want to just stand in authority in Jesus and receive what he has. I want you to come forward and I want us just to pray with you. So I want you to come forward and I want us just to believe that the finished work of the cross, the power of the cross is going to manifest in your life and it's going to set you free. Lord, I thank you and I praise you right now. That, Lord, I know there's some here that you want to set free because of this glorious exchange. And, Lord, anyone here that, Lord, you are prompting, Lord, I pray that you would just give them the courage to come forward and get prayer. And, Lord, that they can stand up for their family, stand up for what's right, what's true. And, Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for the victory that is going to be seen here today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you want some prayer, I want you to come forward. If not, I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to say, today, you're to receive the blessings of Abraham. Amen.